everyone, and welcome back to the SCORE podcast, Inside College Admissions. Today, we're going to have a very special episode, which it's going to be a little bit shorter in length, but we wanted to make sure that we had this conversation regarding reviewing financial aid packages, especially because we know a lot of families and students are out there looking at all of these different numbers that the colleges have sent back to them at this time. So in order to get you the most up-to-date current information and the best tips and suggestions that we could possibly bring to you, we invited Peter Van Buskirk back to have a conversation about this and to give suggestions and tips for what families should be looking at as they review these packages. So Peter, thank you for coming on for this special episode. And, um, you know, we really want to hear from you. What are the key things that families and students should be looking at as they are reviewing these packages? Thanks, Ashley. It's uh, always good to be back and and have these conversations about college planning. And and right now, uh, a lot of high school seniors and their families feel like they're at the finish line of this whole process, yet many are still trying to work through the financial aid and scholarship piece that uh, is, is so critical. Maybe the student's been admitted to a dream school and now can we afford it? So what I'd like to do is, is offer a couple of suggestions and uh, see where we go from there. But, but one of them is this, in receipt of a financial aid award that doesn't look right, appeal appeal now. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I say that because a lot of times families are intimidated by the financial aid process. It's frankly a lot like completing a complex tax return to to get all this stuff together. And of course, when many, many folks do taxes, they get professional help with that. Well, that doesn't always happen with financial aid. But now here you are at the finish line with great uncertainty about cost, affordability, and financial aid, and it doesn't look right. And there's a paralyzing effect that that has for families. Mm-hmm. We, we can't talk to them. We don't know what questions to ask, et cetera. Well, now's the time to kind of suck it up and get on the phone, do a Zoom, but talk to financial aid offices. The longer you wait to make an appeal of a financial aid award, the greater the chance that two things will happen. One, the financial aid officer will agree that maybe there's an adjustment to be made. But number two, the financial aid officer will say, but alas, we have run out of resources. We can't help you. So you want to get that appeal in as quickly as possible. In making the appeal, you want to appeal with information. Now, one of the biggest pieces of information that could be impactful for families this year is the actual data that was submitted with your, your FAFSA form. This year, when families completed the FAFSA, they submitted data from 2019. And 2019, as we all know, looked a lot different than 2020 did. Now, for some folks, 2020 is just fine. But for many, there was a significant change in earnings capacity or health issues, things that just don't show up on the 2019 tax return. So it's it's really important that, number one, you submit your 2020 tax return with your appeal. Say, listen, things are changed for us and the financial aid award that you put out for us is not doing the trick. So here's new information. So appeal as quickly as possible, do it directly Mm -hmm. to the financial aid office, not to the admission office, but to the financial aid office at the school in question and appeal with information. As I suggest, perhaps the best information you can provide is updated tax return information. So get out of 2020, send that now. 
There may have also been other loss of, of work, loss of life, serious illness factors that come into play that, that change the way the need analysis works. So number one, appeal. Don't wait. <laughs> because Do it as soon wait, as possible. As soon as possible. Yesterday. Get it done. Yep. Uh, second thing I would strongly suggest is when you're looking at financial aid awards, don't look to see who gave you the most. Because I think a lot of families tend to look at the bottom line and, and they'll add up all the elements of a financial aid award for each of the schools in question. And they'll say, well, this school gave us 20,000, that school gave us 30,000. Uh, we're going to go with the 30. Well, you have to look inside of what they gave you. The school that gave you 30,000 might have given you $25,000 in loans. And the school that gave you 20,000 might have given you 20,000 in scholarship. You know the difference. You don't pay the scholarship back, the loan, you're saddled with that for a long time. So you have to make sure that when you compare financial aid awards, you're comparing apples to apples. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I've put together a, a financial aid comparison worksheet that enables students and families to, to do exactly that. Take, take information from financial aid award letters and, and compare apples to apples in that regard. But be careful. Ego tells you, well, they gave us more money than, than College B. Well, maybe, maybe not. They may have given you access to, uh, to more resources, but some of the resources they're giving you access to are funds that you're going to have to pay back. And you have to be realistic about that. Sure. So you're saying just be super careful when reading through the fine print, right? To make sure that it's not deceiving because you're right. I mean, I mean, I would be inclined to think, oh, well, you know, they're giving us the most, but how are they, quote, giving it to you is the real question. Very good, Ashley. You're right on it. Several years ago, I met a young man who was a perfect example of this. He was first generation to college, really smart, really talented athlete, musician, leader in his school, top of the class. But the, the family's expected family contribution, the money that they should have to pay is $5,000. So there's not a lot of sophistication in the family with regard to how they applied to colleges. He applied to 19, which is in my mind, wow. 10, 10 too many, but he applied, he got into 16 and he showed me the financial aid awards that he received from the first 10. I had the hard copies. And the family was at, at uh, a loss to try to understand how to compare these. And that's when I put that, that worksheet together that I just described. But one of the schools in question is a very, very well-known school. Everybody, I'm not going to mention names, but everybody would know the name easily on the East Coast. And the cost in this particular year was roughly $52,000 total cost. And when the family looked at the financial aid award, there were a lot of things listed. And at the bottom, it said total financial aid, $52,000. And they said, wow, this is a full ride. Yeah. Because it seemed like everything was taken care of. And I said, let's take a more careful look at what's in that financial aid award. Well, they discovered something that was called an institutional financing option for $15,500. That's a loan in the student's name in the first year. And, and when we looked further, we discovered that there were other there was other loan eligibility being passed on to him. So he would have to borrow approximately twenty two thousand dollars in year one. Wow, that's definitely not that's definitely not a full ride. It is not a full ride. And, and what this leads me to, though, is uh, families need to to calculate their financial exposure at any school. Mm-hmm. Because as in this case, the school seemed to be providing a lot of resources, but it really wasn't. It was, it was introducing the family to opportunities to borrow. The bottom line was when you look at the, the amount of money the family would have to come up with out of pocket, their expected contribution, plus loans, plus parent loans, plus work opportunities for the student, that's the financial exposure that the family's going to have to deal with in year one, in year one. 
And it's, it's really important that, that they're, they're comparing apples to apples when they, they look at these things. Got it. Now, I have a feeling I know where you're going with the next part of this conversation after the year one prompt, but is there anything that you would recommend that families don't do when they go to appeal to a financial aid office? Like, I mean, I know you said present facts and information, but I I feel like with anything, approach is very important in the way that they even conduct their outreach. So is there any kind of tips that you can give that would make a school more open to taking a second look at the financial aid package? Exactly. And I'm I'm glad you framed it that way, because a lot of times when families finally summon up the courage to talk about financial aid, there's a bit of an edge to them. And for some, it's an emotional edge. Like you, you took my neighbor's kid and you took my kid, my kid's much better, but you gave my neighbor's kid much more financial aid. And I know how much money they have. And what are you going to do for my kid? That conversation goes absolutely nowhere. So do not go into this conversation, this appeal, by the way, not a negotiation, but this appeal mm-hmm. do not go into it with a lot of emotion, go with facts, go with new information and go prepared for the this extreme likelihood that they'll say, you know, we're sorry, there's just nothing we can do. And then you have to step back and say, okay, what are we willing to do as a family to, to try to cover the distance here? But it's, it's all about facts and, and, and not feelings in this particular case. You have to kind of put the feelings and emotions to the side. Now, I think that through previous conversations that we've had, I know that when financial aid packages are awarded, there can sometimes be a discrepancy between what a school is willing to provide year one versus the other years. And I I believe that's where you were going in some of this. Is there something that families should be looking out for when they're looking at this in totality? Well, it gets a little complicated there because each year that a family hopes to receive financial assistance, they need to complete applications all over again. Yep. So the only thing that, that might, be a, might be assured to the student is a scholarship that is being offered. So sometimes a, a college will say, we're going to give you $80,000 in scholarship. And you think, well, it doesn't even cost that much to go there in a year. Well, you, you get to the fine print. And what they're really saying is $20,000 a year for each of four years. You need to read on and then you'll find out the stipulation for maintaining that scholarship. Because if they say this scholarship is contingent upon you receiving a 3.5 GPA in your first year and you come back with the 3.0, guess what disappears? It's, it's like athletic scholarships. The NCAA athletic scholarship is a, is a really sweet deal for young people. You come play for us, we won't send you a bill. And that's really what it is all about. It's a quid pro quo. So if you get that scholarship and, and during your first year you decide you don't want to play anymore, they're going to send your parents a bill. But, but keep in mind that every year, the receipt of financial aid in years two, three, and four will be dependent on actually demonstrating in each year that you need it. You may need a lot of help in your first year, and then you win the lottery. You don't need it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you don't qualify for it. But interestingly, you still might be eligible for a scholarship if you're, if you're demonstrating performance-based successes. So you're, you're doing really well in the classroom. You're, you're your, your athletics, your music, whatever, are all doing well and the institution wants to reward you. So that's, that can happen even if you don't need any financial assistance. Sure, sure. And I think the, the point that I wanted to make too is, you know, just because you are awarded something year one, it's not a guarantee that it will look the same throughout the rest of the college career. And I think that that's very important for families to know. So I would take it a step further. It's really important for families to imagine 
the subsequent years. Of course, you're looking with financial aid, you do all the math and you figure, okay, this is what we have to come up with out of pocket for year one. You really do need to try to figure out what years two, three, and four will look like. There will be no promises. A college might say, well, you have a, a scholarship that's renewable for four years, but they're not telling you that the cost of attendance will go up each year. And, and there, you can expect increases in tuition, if not room and board, but tuition of three to 5%. Yeah. And the other thing you need to be mindful of is that whatever borrowing capacity you have in year one, typically a student might be eligible for a guaranteed student loan in year one of $3,500. That's, that's the usual year one loan. And you're thinking, well, times four, that's $14,000. Uh-uh. Because each subsequent year means that the student is eligible for borrowing more, up to $8,500 the last two years. So the, the loan eligibility through the federal government alone could be, you know, twenty-five, uh, $28,000 over four years. And these are questions you can ask the financial aid office. Now, this isn't part of an appeal. It's just a matter of transparency, making sure you get the numbers straight. All right. So obviously incredibly helpful tips. I think if I was going to summarize, I would say appeal fast as in yesterday, appeal with facts, not emotion, and make sure that you are looking at the full picture as much as you possibly can, knowing that there will be likely different scenarios in years two through four. Anything else you want to add? Apples to apples. Remember the fruit basket, you know, because each, each of these financial aid awards is going to come in looking like an apple, a lemon, an orange, a banana. And what you have to do is break it down so that you're looking at the common elements of each. But I think you, you, you nailed it, though. All right. Well, that is all we wanted to cover today. Again, we know that there are a lot of students and families out there looking at these financial aid packages right now. And we just wanted to make sure that we were coming to you with the best in class tips that we can as you look to make your final decision. So students and families, good luck. We hope that this, this process is exciting now that you are almost at the finish line. So if there are other questions or concerns that you have, please feel free to, to reach out and we'll see if we can get them covered in a next episode. So thank you, Peter, for your advice. And we will talk with you all very soon. Take care.